Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, sat down now. As this is the Mark's Christmas Joe, we have organised some entertainment for us tonight, and I'm very pleased to say that despite the fact that he's been dead for 32 years, he's performing here tonight. Will you welcome, please, Mr. Tommy Minnie Cooper? 1955, Alberto Ascari is supposed to be racing around Monaco and suddenly turns up in the Ferrari garage. And Enzo Ferrari says to him, What are you doing here? And Ascari says, There's a problem with the car. Enzo says, What's the problem with the car? He says, There's water in the carburetor. Enzo says, Where's the car? Ascari says, It's in the harbour. Hello and welcome to the 2016 festive edition of Gareth Jones on Speed. He's Zog and he's Hello. back from space. I'm down on Earth. Yeah, nice yeah. to have you with us. He's Richard and he's back from a grand tour. Hello. And I'm very pleased to say he's Ted Kravitz, back from the entire world. Ted, welcome back to Gareth Jones on Speed. Hello. How are you? Very nice. Nice to have you no, back. Very nice. And very nice to be here. I'm very well. <clears throat> Good. To answer your question. And it's very nice to be, generally, I find. I have to ask you, first of all, did you have any inkling at all that Nico was going to announce his retirement before we all heard about it? Who? I've forgotten about it. No, I didn't. Although there was one sort of back of the mind weird thought when we asked him, "Okay, you've won it now. Well done. Are you going to have the number one on your car next year? You know, because we think that's a cool thing to do. And he said, oh, no, I'm not going to answer that. And we thought. Oh, that's a weird thing yeah, not to answer. Yeah. It's only a question about a sticker on your car. But I didn't think of it at the time. No, no, it's amazing, isn't it? Astonishing. It was perfect because it was so genuinely unexpected. It came out of the blue. You can't make that sort of stuff up. It was great for the story arc mm. of Formula One. So do you remember where you were the moment you heard Nico had retired? Yeah, I was writing about space at my desk, in fact. <laughs> in space? <laughs> yeah, it was quite a surprise. Do you remember your thought process? Slightly sceptical of this because somebody told me, I immediately obviously checked the internet, because we know everything on the internet is, is true, of course, we know this. All but, of um, it. But yeah, I didn't quite believe it. I've taken it back. Richard, you must be thrilled to bits. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> funny thing. I was sitting in a Winnebago right on the edge of Loch Ness. You were on holiday with Ross yeah. Braun again, were you? Yeah. <laughs> And um, it was really frustrating because everybody I work with who's interested in F1 had just seconds before left the Winnebago. I was just looking at my phone, saw the news and went, oh, sh**. Um, no, don't worry, because the only people I was left in there were Richard Hammond and James May, who both aren't interested in F1 at the moment. <laughs> so you, you and they sort of went, news what? And I went, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's right. No, well, I'll tell you anyway, but it won't mean anything to you. Nico Rosberg has decided to quit F1. And they both went, oh, oh, right. Sort of <laughs> feigning interest. And I, I, I sort of go, look, because you know he's just been made world champion. Oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. But this is unprecedented. He's left. And one of them went, was he not going to do that then? Went, well, no, he was, that's the thing. He wasn't. No one knew. I was like, I, I, I mean, you, you basically couldn't have found two well-known car culture figures who would have been less interested in that news than those two. But basically. I wish I could not care. 
like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I've gone yeah. through a weird you'd be out sort of, of a job, Ted. Yeah, well, I know. I, well, that is true. But I've gone through a weird sort of gamut of emotions about it. Because when I first heard it, I was, you know, astonished. And then I thought about it and I was really disappointed. And I was kind of angry with him. And then I went Weren't through... Yes, exactly. And then I went through a bit of time and I heard him talk and, you know, very reasonable arguments. And actually, I got more and more cross with him and more and more disappointed the more I heard. Because they were reasonable answers. No, I'm still furious at him. <laughs> and every time I sort of stop and then think about it, my wife and I just went away um, to Paris for a night to get away from the kids. And I was back on the Eurostar just peering out the window at those French power pylons that are shaped different from ours and just thinking about, you know, weird stuff. And then I thought about Rosberg's retiring as world champion and I got angry again. It's like when you read the paper and you see President-elect Trump. Oh. Like you, hadn't thought, you hadn't thought about it for a, a week or so or a few days and you think, oh yeah. no, did he really win it? Yeah. And it's the same with Rosberg. I'm so cross with him. I'm big time let down <laughs> and angry. I'm angry about it. So that. do you think he could have won another championship? Well, he should have Ever. given it a go because uh-huh. A, it's fun and it's a rush and they get paid, and that's why they do it. Mm-hmm. And B, I mean, sorry to quote Sterling Moss, you know, who has often said to me, apart from, who are you, and what are you doing in my house? Are you here to repair the lift, the lift. Oh, boy? <laughs> <laughs> you've seen the lift? It's got a Williams badge on it. <laughs> he always talks about racers, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. You yes, know, the thing about him, he's a racer, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Well, clearly, I mean, Rosberg's not a racer, is mm-hmm. he? Was he doing the thing? I've always thought that though. He's a choker, isn't he? He chokes under pressure, and he just hasn't got that racing raw hunger in fire in his belly. Hang on a second. But go on. Well, no, no, no. No, no, The case for the defence. He did just win the world championship. You say say he chokes under pressure, but in that last race, can you imagine being under any more pressure than having Hamilton backing you up? like that with Vettel and Verstappen right behind you coming at you I think in those last few races of the season he did extraordinarily well he just did a perfect job yeah no no and, fair enough know, I don't know. in three it's languages incredible and with <laughs> unbelievable pressure I'm sure he knows that he doesn't have the raw talent that Hamilton has who's fighting a better driver in an equal car and to be able to keep it together last year he cracked yes Absolutely. well exactly what I mean but you know this is the thing and it's sort of come out now that he's said he's off that he's able to admit the amount of psychological work they had to do with him, as well as all of the physical mm. training and things. They really had to, as we can rebuild him, to make him so that he doesn't get all flustered when there's a car behind him. Ted, you're with him 21 weekends of 52 of the year. But yeah. Is he broken? Is he damaged? No, but if he's actually crossed this Rubicon, past this psychological desert, and is actually now sorted in a place where, over the balance of three years, can beat Hamilton to a championship, even though Hamilton his engine mm. blew up loads of times and he had bad starts and all of that... Then doesn't he want to carry that on and see, as you said, how many more he can win? And I just go back to being a racer. So racing drivers, why do they stop, right? Why do racing drivers stop doing Formula One? Either because they're old and they're past it, either because something else happens like their money runs out or there's an outside influence. Yeah. Or they die, or are horribly injured. Are you suggesting an outside influence, i.e. the family and his relationship with his wife? No, but that's the three reasons racers stop. Mm. And so, what was he? Is he the first non-racer to win a world championship? He's the first driver to quit because he achieved that peak. He won the championship under very difficult circumstances. He proved that he could do it. I think he's earned the right to say, you know, 
Does Bye he bye, chaps. I'm never going to top this. I, do you know what? But the thing he, is, did he not enjoy it? Not? Did he not well, enjoy it? Clearly not. I, I don't know. Do think, but I, think, I don't think no, he enjoyed it. I think he didn't. Not. I didn't think. He, well, was it not fun? Listen, that's the thing. Was the money I, not I've good? never well, been a massive Rosberg fan, but I respect him for this more than anything he's ever done on a racetrack. <laughs> also, it's interesting, actually. I thought this when I was sitting in the Winnebago of disinterest on the edge of Loch Ness, and then, thank Christ, Clarkson came back in, and I was able to go, Jeremy, you won't believe what? And he was actually interested in it. And then we sat there, and we went, why has he done this? Why yeah. has he done this? We went back and forth, and we were talking about it. Because I was the same as you. I was a bit like, well, this is typical. What a quitter. What a big... <laughs> baby he is and then it didn't take me very long on the roller coaster of emotions mm. to arrive back at the station marks respect for you sir because and I think it's partly to do with being a dad as well if I hadn't been a dad I think I'd have gone for God's sake man pull yourself together and stop being a blouse about it but I just suddenly thought he wants to spend more time with his child and as a very wise man once said to me no one ever regrets spending time with their children so it's one of those yeah, things where I feel like it, the easy option would have been to stay in Mm-hmm. It's much harder, I think. Yeah, he'd have made go... a lot of money in the next couple of years, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. I equate him now to Paul Weller, who split the jam after the third album, thinking, you know, we're not going to... Was it the third or fourth album? We've made our best work. I couldn't possibly follow it anymore. And unfortunately, followed it with the Style Council, who were awful. <laughs> but if Nico, we assume from this, he didn't enjoy the experience... The last Formula One driver I can think of who clearly didn't enjoy the experience was yeah. Ralph Schumacher. You knew Ralph. He mm. could be very awkward yeah. to be with. Nico was never awkward to be with. He didn't behave as if he didn't want to be there, did he, Ted? I think you've got to think about origins. You know, who wouldn't enjoy being a Formula One driver? At the very base of it, do they not do it because it's the thrill of driving and being the best in the world at what you do? And if he never really liked that, then I'm starting to think about how he got into it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if whether the true story is actually rather unfortunate and sad and that it was actually a young boy felt slightly distant from his dad who was a world champion and spoke nothing other than racing from 7am to 8pm which is something Nico has talked about before is that right? and in an attempt to get closer to his dad wanted to follow into the family business and I wonder whether that's the origin of it and actually he was never really that into it well, I, I can believe that I mean, that, and that, that's, that's quite I was going to say before start to think that Rosberg is a bit like Damon Hill, mm-hmm. where he's yeah. sort of burdened by this, yeah. oh, God, my dad was good at this. Yeah. I better go into the family business, knowing I'm not really enjoying this. I don't think I'm that good at it, but if I just get the right people around yeah. me, I can become good at it, and then just sort of plug on. And I think that's the thing. I think even Damon would sort of admit he wasn't the greatest driver in his day, yeah. but he had mm. the best car, and he had dedication, and he was mm. prepared to plug away at it. And uh, He did it out of necessity. Damon had nothing. He built that himself, didn't he? Well, that's true, because Graham wasn't properly insured, I think, for the that's train right. crash. There's so, no yeah, insurance. Yeah, broke, right. yeah, yeah they were absolutely book. bankrupt, weren't they? Yeah. Damon became a Bank courier. Yeah, that's right. And that's how he became a motorcyclist. A bike racer... And maybe the worst thing for Rosberg was that, actually, as you're right, he started karting and he turned out, actually, he wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. And he was all right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. He should have just made a total yeah. hash of it. Like I say, you know, for us, we've all dreamt of being racing drivers. Wouldn't that have been fantastic? Wouldn't that have been amazing? Yeah, but if you have been in a family where your father is a racing driver, you know, that's the day job. That's not, mm-hmm. as you say, you have a very different... Take you don't value it in the same way that we you don't uh, covet it do. like yeah. you know seeing other lads' dads mm. who are racing your own dad is it's a different attitude. So to well, wrap up this, yeah. we'll well if I'm still here later on in the show, I'll <laughs> tell you something about how us normal people see racing drivers in relation to Rosberg. Anyway, we'll okay, talk about that later. Uh, last question: <laughs> Will F1 miss Nico? 
Well, I don't know. Martin Brundle said the other day, when we get to Melbourne and we've got these new cars with the proper size rear wings and some cool-looking front wings and a bit of slanted bodywork for no basic reason and properly wide tyres, everyone will have forgotten about Nico Rosberg. I thought that was slightly harsh, but actually I think he's probably right. Um, I don't know. Will we miss him? Yeah. I'm Sounds like a yes. I'm struggling to, <laughs> no, no, he I'm, will be I'm seriously struggling to answer. By possibly on a yacht with his daughter running around his feet, and he'll have a really big telly because he's minted, isn't he? I have a <laughs> I, massive I think telly. He's done right. yeah, yeah. Watching the first race of the season as he gently sips on a glass of something crisp and cool, and I don't think he will miss it at all either. <laughs> I, think right. I think you're right. I don't know. I still, yeah. for having the guts to walk away, fair play to you, Nico. Yep pop the cap off another crisp and cool one and enjoy them all struggling with those idiotically wide tyres. <laughs> I'll miss him because he's the only Formula One driver I've ever considered kissing this side of Davina Galitza. He's a good-looking lad. He's a very pretty boy. He always has been. There's a driver going round and round a track and his race engineer comes on the radio. Not lie, lie. <laughs> and he says... Box, box, box. And the driver says, What do you mean, box, box, box? Do you want me to come into the pits? And the engineer says, No, Muhammad Ali has just turned up in the garage. Box, box, box. <laughs> so here we are at the dawn of a new bleak. Formula One with no multilingual, beautiful blonde racing driver called Nico Rosberg there anymore. And with Mercedes perhaps suffering the greatest problem of everyone, how are they going to replace Nico? I never thought that I was going to say that. No. Nico is quite difficult to replace at the moment because of various contracts with various people being tied up. Yeah. What's your guess? They're going to go for Verline? Do we know? Well, the thing I like first of all is that suddenly racing drivers have become important again. You know, we're kind of used to the teams having the power yep. and saying, oh, well, you know, I might have you or I might have you or I don't like the look of you. And now they're all hanging on to anybody thinks they've got a good driver under contract saying, no, hands off Hulkenberg or Perez or hands off Sainz. You know, you can't have him. My first reaction was please please Alonso and that's I think oh. what, what everyone wanted not because of the Hamilton Alonso battle mm-hmm. but just because you want to see the two best drivers or two of the four best drivers in the same car I think yep. Mercedes owe it to Formula One and owe it to us viewing to provide the best entertainment that's mm-hmm. what the sport is they're the only it's ones capable of winning the championship, so, so they need two drivers yeah, capable need, of winning. We need the top five drivers, who are Verstappen, Ricardo, Vettel, Alonso and Hamilton, mm. in the top five fastest cars. And, all right, if the four of them, Vettel and Ricardo, Verstappen and Hamilton, whatever, are, are tied down, they get Alonso, who's not going to be in championship for the best bull in the world, probably, next year... Get him in. Get him in. Bernie would have got him in. And it Made saddens it me. So what's not going to happen? Is McLaren just too reluctant yeah, to let him go? They're yeah, just too... everyone thinks they're more important than the bigger picture, which is just let's have the most entertaining racing that we've got. And so we're in a position where it's either Bottas or Verline. And yay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we should probably record two versions of this for when people are announcing it because it's probably going to be it's probably going to be this week, isn't it? And now we're left with Valtteri Bottas. And now we're left with Pascal Verlot. <laughs> what a pro. What a pro. We should say at the point that we are recording this, we don't know what the outcome is, and it could change really quickly. Is there a date, a deadline? Edit, edit, gonna... edit your own podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm just delighted that Button did accept the drive. I mean, that's terrific. I'm so <laughs> mad he hasn't left the sport. So. I was astonished that they brought Nigel Mansell back. Incredible that you could take the autonomous technology from an E-Class and make it, <laughs> make it yeah. run an F1 car. I always said uh, they could do more with that if they just does it. Uh, does it chuck caps by itself? It does the actually. Auto- yeah. get a robot cap automatic, magic, it's called. Cap magic yeah. 3000. Yeah. Let's look at the variables here. Let's look at the permutations and the possibilities. Right. Verline's not ready, is he? He's their backstop. No, They'll have Verline if they have to, but they'd rather have someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just raise a practical question? Is it Verline or Verline? It's both in the way that some people call Vettel Vettel. Vettel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Kulthar calls him Vettel. Yes. I think the Germans pronounce it Verlein. Oh. I'm only asking because I made a remark on Twitter a while ago that I wanted Verlein to follow Nicky Lauder into opening an airline. (laughs) (laughs) And that only works if you pronounce it the way I just did. If it's Verlein, that's an absolute... No, it's not. I think it's Verlein. What would Bottas open then? I've got a board Verlein airline. Hmm. Falconry with Valtteri. That would do it. it. One of those, yeah. Yeah. Or alterations, um, Volteri's alterations. alterations. That would do it, wouldn't Very it? Good. Alterations. So Verline, Ver, sorry, Verline, he scored one point in a manner. But that's equivalent to 50 in a yeah, Mercedes. That's true. And he's still a kid and he's still learning about what you need to do outside the car to be a successful Formula One driver in terms of not annoying important people. Oh, he does he do a bit of that? I don't know how he's managed it so quickly, but he seems to have done it. Really? Well, Force India had the choice of taking him and decided not to because uh-huh. he'd annoyed some people. I don't know what he did. I mean, I have personal experience of one time he was a bit like that, but I don't know if I should. Should I? Yeah, sure you should. He's he's an airline seat armrest hog. Oh, Oh, God's sake. Of course, he's opening his own airline, isn't he? He's going to have a plane to himself. Inexcusable. Airlines, elbow room, airline. Yeah. No, no he's you, not. You know, sharp elbows, useful in F1. Well, that is true. Yeah, yeah but he's a little fella, isn't he? You know, yeah. yeah. I think he'd use his phone in cinemas. The bulk, you know? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I bet probably... he voted Brexit and for Trump as yeah, well, didn't and, he? you know, Rusty Crisp. So he scored one point. He's much better having another season in Sauber or somewhere else. Yeah. But Bottas is ready. Bottas is low maintenance. He won't kick up a fuss. He'll deal with any of Hamilton's, you know, antics, shenanigans, whatever. You know, you get, you always get fireworks being Hamilton's teammate and he's scored podiums he's ready to win and he knows what it takes and he's consistent and that's it but neither are particularly exciting and does he speak German he speaks English and speaks Finnish he doesn't speak any German or French does he Bottas, Bottas. I don't, don't think he does does he because so. that so would be you know they're going to want to tick those boxes as well as can he drive an F1 car aren't they this is Mercedes well, yeah, it's a I've, I mean, I've the been job advert they placed in autosport <laughs> 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 uh, the job ad they placed in autosport didn't mention German language skills I right. think that's very high up their uh, list of priorities for a driver so you put Alonso in we're probably going to get Bottas we're probably going to get a Verline unfortunately are we well I don't know if they give Williams free engines yeah then that's very difficult for Williams to turn down. But Williams are quite flush at the moment because they have got the billionaire's son, Lance Stroll, coming in. So, Or could Mercedes buy out any outstanding contract for Jensen Button and put Button back into Williams, freeing up Bottas to go to Mercedes? I mean, would they entertain Button? Is Button entertaining it? I think it probably is. I think really? he had set his mind on relaxing on Santa Monica Beach 
with Brittany. Whichever his latest exactly. novel, yep. girlfriend yep. is. Yes, lovely, yes. I'm told. He set his mind on retiring, but I now wondered whether he would think, ooh, well, all right, you know, I could do one more year. I like, I'm just picturing the beach. In, <laughs> I think probably this time of year he'll be, um, I don't know, Thailand or somewhere. Yeah. Bali. He's on the beach with the supermodel girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jensen, come in to see, and then later we will have more of the sex. And he's going, <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds great. Oh, hang on a minute, my phone's going. What? Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> oh, sorry, love, they found me a bloody drive again. Yeah. He's, he's furious about oh, it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Wouldn't it be ironic, though, if Button, as a driver who won one world championship and is never going to win another, got an extension to his F1 career having retired as a result of another driver who won one world championship and would never won another? In the retiring. same team that he won the championship yes, in precisely. as well. Yeah, That, that would be beautifully tale. ironic. Yeah. yeah. He's going back to the but, factory going, oh, um, this door didn't used to be here. <laughs> what? Why have you? Oh, you've extended. Oh, right, a conservatory. Yeah, that's very oh, nice. They could give Williams free engines. They could give them some other driver. They give them their line or someone could come in. Even Scotland's Paul de Resta could yes. come in. You know, he's a solid point scorer, which is kind of what Williams want. Mm-hmm. Williams need an experienced guy the to show driver. the billionaire's son the ropes mm-hmm. and not exactly. to beat the billionaire's son too often that's mm-hmm. kind of what they need so yeah someone would do like that and I think that would be the best option but it looks like William's going to get all serious Claire's kind of you know getting all serious about this and saying oh no you're not having Valtteri we need him too much which is interesting because they weren't too bothered about him when they were discussing his contract right. it goes me back to the way that the balance has slightly shifted from the teams to the drivers now but it's mm-hmm. like when you've got an old piece of jewellery that you might loan out to friends for a wedding with him and someone says oh no that's worth a quarter of a million pounds Suddenly it's like, oh, okay, yeah. it changes. Yeah. He's shot up in value, hasn't he? Because he's in a position where he could fill that gap, where there aren't many other options. Oh. Hulk, then. They're not going to try and buy Hulk out of any deals. Why didn't Hulk get an even better deal than he did? Inexplicably, it seems that everybody else, apart from all the F1 team bosses, think Hulkenberg's a really quick driver mm. and a great bloke, mm. apart from all the key team bosses, who seemingly have crunched some numbers and just think he's a bit rubbish. And you would think they'd be pretty but good what, at keeping a tab on these things. What, what, is, know, what is it? What is it that they're not getting? Or is it just is it the rest of us that are wrong? <laughs> and he seems affable. Yeah, he's not exactly. going to walk into a room full of sponsors and say toss rags and then run out <laughs> he seems very professional and slick and he's quick yeah. in a car I mean, and... he's a very good second tier driver I think you know, mm. he's out of that Oh, harsh. he's never going to be Hamilton Vettel Alonso Ricardo. he's not that calibre of driver no he's, he's a, a very nice guy he's a safe pair of hands though isn't he yeah, yeah. I'd lend him my hedge trimmers <laughs> And they would come back lend him a five. Yeah, I'd lend him a five because you know he'd go, oh, he's a good five. And I'd go, no, don't, don't worry about it. Forget about it, mate. It's on me. And he'd go, no, no, really, I insist. Okay, listen, I will get you a pint and uh, a marker pen to make up the difference and some peanuts. Uh, okay, yes. And I will write this all down so we have a record of it. You know, he's, I think Very he's quite thorough. scrupulous. You yes. get to in your merchandise as well. Yeah. Yes. He has got a very Hulk short smash. attention span, though. He's got a very well, short. He's a racing span. driver. I mean, well, that's true. Well, even by have. racing driver standards, he's got a short attention span. It's about forty-five seconds. <laughs> Rosberg's attention span is about a minute and a half. Is that so right? That's why well, I think he's going to get very bored very quickly in a winter of childcare, and he's actually going to come back. <sighs> I've mentioned this on the show before, but you were there for that rooftop 
barbecue thing at the Belgian Grand Prix last year mm. when, I don't know if you were part of the conversation, but Rosberg was ushered in as part of his promotional duties to come talk to some journo scum. <laughs> and he was ushered over. We were in the middle of a conversation about 80s classic cars that are going up in value, like 205 GTIs. Yeah. And we sort of didn't bother to stop talking about that. And he was sucked into our conversation. And he was very polite. And it seemed like he was paying attention. Oh, OK. But it was only about a minute and a half, so that would figure But this would... goes into my aura thing that I was going to bring up. If Hamilton had come in and stood in in that conversation, mm. would you have all stopped what you were saying? Oh, saying, yes. Oh, there's Lewis yes. Hamilton. Yes, yes. And That's a really what? good point. When I was interviewing... Sounds terrible. I was interviewing Rosberg. But we did an extra show on the channel I work for, looking back at this very story. We did an hour of it. And I interviewed Rosberg at the Industries uh, Oscars, the Autosport Awards. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and while we interviewed him on the balcony, you'll know this, there's a big balcony where everyone goes. And when they've stopped mind-sweeping wine from other people's tables at the end of the evening, you know, buy your own beer on this balcony. So we interviewed him up there. And Rosberg was sat there in his dinner jacket. And he put his legs out. He was sitting there, leaning back. The trophy was there. He was all happy. And you realise out of his fire suit, he looked very different to me. And he's very thin, obviously, as they all are. He's got tiny hips and it's quite, you know, short legs. And I felt, as I was talking to him, I was saying, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to do a bit of World Endurance Championship? Are you going to do some rally cross, maybe? He says, oh, I don't know. You know, no, I'm just going to be an ordinary guy. And at that moment, I felt his aura, all the magic that I'm used to seeing with him as just an ordinary race fan like we are. We're you not racing pictured drivers. him not I, being I important. I felt the magic oh, wow. disappear out the bottom of his trouser leg <laughs> and vanish into the air wow. like a thousand fireflies. Oh, and the magic... Then did, did, did someone gone. just walk into it? Did, like, I don't know, yeah. did Robert Kubitz <laughs> just go by and walk into it? Oh, brilliant, Ooh. I'm back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> with that South American driver, Felipe Massa, the other day. Brazilian? I couldn't tell. He had his swimming trucks on. <laughs> Gareth Jones on speed. Go on. Go on. <laughs> As you know, we are sticklers for tradition here on Gareth Jones on Speed. And one of the things that's emerged as an on-speed tradition over the last few years is the Dave Stebbings Ultra Quiz. Dave Stebbings being our ultra listener. Do you want to do the voice, Richard? Ultra listener. Thank you. Dave Stebbings writes a quiz which has been kept secret from me. Tycho and Violet, my son and my partner, have been working through it and have handed the questions to your quiz master for the 2016 Dave Stebbings Ultra Quiz. Here's Edmund. The Dave Stebbings Ultra F1 Quiz. Feels like we need sort of a... And now... Live from Norwich, <laughs> it's the Dave Stebbings Christmas Quiz. Perfect. That was it. That was the sting. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good yeah. on, Dave, though. These, are great, these are great questions. We're very DIY. And it's an F1 quiz. That's it all is. I know, which is why you're hosting it. Some great questions here and some good trolling of Jolie and Palmer, which you'll find out. <laughs> oh, okay. Do enjoy okay. that. I look forward to getting flustered on the radio about those. <laughs> Come so, on, guys. It's three rounds, I believe. Is that right, Ted? Yep, three yeah. rounds. One question each in each round. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Richard, question one. Which two drivers had the first collision of 2016? A, Rio Harrianto and Roman Grosjean. B, Danny Kvyat and Fernando Alonso. C, Fernando Alonso and Esteban Gutierrez. That one where Alonso barrel rolled into the 
And that was in Melbourne, of course. So this would have been in Melbourne, yeah. Give us the three again. Rio, Harrianto, Roman Grosjean, Kvyat and Alonso, and Alonso and Gutierrez. Well, I stayed in the Rio Harrianto once. It's a lovely hotel. That's not, <laughs> that's not a driver, so you're making that one up. But at the same time, I imagine a hotel would be quite inexperienced at the start of an F1 season. Hang on a minute, though. Was he in the first race? I can't help you, Richard, because oh, you yeah, me, yeah. <laughs> Um, I could, but I won't. And what was the second one? Alonso and... Gutierrez. Gutierrez. No, Kvyat and Alonso. Oh, right. Alonso and Gutierrez. Well, I'll have to I press you for that. All right, see, it was that big one. Make see. Yeah. The big one? No, apparently it wasn't. Apparently it was Harry Anto and ah! Grosjean. Gosh, Grosjean, really? Earlier on, earlier on, before Grosjean came back and finished I was going to say, because he did race. quite well. I was going to so, say, yeah. So it was a little, just a little dink, and then... And he's almost ditched the bumping into other people's habit. Exactly, mm-hmm. he's stopped doing that. That's not yeah. his thing anymore. Okay. Gareth, question one. What is the name of the corner that follows Pouan at Spa? That's the corner after Pouan, which I think is a very quick double left-hander. A, Eau Rouge. Mm-hmm. B, Le Fagne. Or Fagnes, as they call it in Belgium, <laughs> and C. Le Combe. Oh, well, I've been to Spa only once, mm. and the time I was there, I have to admit, I had enjoyed the hospitality pretty extensively. Right. And so my memories of the sound of the cars in the forest were beautiful, but for us, the names, the layouts of the circuit and the corners. Give me the options again. Well, this is quite an easy one through the process of elimination. Right, so, yeah. What's the name of the corner that follows Pouan at Spa? So you know Pouan's kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. So A is Eau Rouge, mm-hmm. and you know that's kind of at the mm-hmm. start. That's at the end, yeah, yeah. B, oh, help me here, yeah, B, help B, me. B, Fania, yeah. or Fagnes, and C, Le Combe. I think it's Lecomb. It's Fagno. Oh! It's Fagno. Sorry about that. My yeah. Belgian geography is rubbish, isn't it? Lecomb is the one at the end of the Camel Strait, yeah. after Eau Rouge, then there's the Strait, then there's the Lecomb chicane. Yeah. yeah. Chicane. All right. Zog, question one. Mercedes drivers claimed almost all of the wins and pole positions in 2016, but how many other drivers claimed fastest laps? Oh. Mm. Wow. wow. How many other drivers got fastest yep. laps? Yep. So, was it four other drivers got fastest laps in some races? B, seven other drivers, or C, three other drivers got some fastest laps? Four, seven, or three. What's your reasoning, Z? I just think that between Mercedes having the fastest car this yeah. year, so significantly, and between Verstappen, Vettel and Ricardo, presumably being the three that would have got fastest laps, then I think maybe um, they Yeah, but fastest laps are funny things, you know. Yeah, okay, you can I can do can, it I, I, at the end. I can do it at the end. Stick a, stick a new set of tyres on. Away stick a new set of tyres on and it can mean absolutely nothing. Alonso got a fastest lap, didn't he? I, I, I said that. In a Honda-powered. In a Honda-powered. McLaren. Monza. Yeah. Monza. For a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Total break failure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's four or three, but between four and three, this is where I'm going to figure I'm going to okay, I'm going to go four, three, three, <laughs> three. <laughs> three. Four, you mean three. three. That's my final answer. It's seven. I, it's seven. Wow. Wow. No way. Yeah. Rosberg, Ricardo, Lewis, Vettel, Hulkenberg got fastest lap in China. Oh. Kvyat in Spain. Wow. That can't be true. Wow. Apparently so. Kimi in Hungary, Alonso yeah. in Monza, as we said, and Verstappen in Brazil. The end of the first round. The scores, according to Adrian Newey-Pot, are Richard, zero. Zach, zero. Gareth, one. 
I'm the finest brain in science and they are using me to calculate scores. Would you believe it? Round two! Zog, question two. In which two races of the season did everybody finish the race, including Rio Harrianta? No, hang on, he dropped out halfway through. <laughs> Pascal Verlein. <laughs> Including Nico Rosberg before he decided that he really doesn't like this kind of thing and would rather be running an ice cream shop <laughs> in Ibiza with his wife. <laughs> two races in which everybody in which two races there are two races in which everybody finished the race. A Mexico and Brazil, B China and Japan, or C China and Canada. Okay, well, um, doing the options again. A Mexico and Brazil. Yep. B China and Japan, or C China and Canada. So is it the South American option? the Asian option yep. or the C combo C China and Canada no it's China and Japan apparently <sighs> don't push too hard your dreams of China and Japan <laughs> I knew Brazil couldn't that's good very good <laughs> Gareth question three which two drivers finished every race of the season e.g. were classified finishers so there are only two drivers which finished every race didn't know that A. Magnussen and Gutierrez B. Massa and Ricardo, or C. Perez and Ricardo. I find it hard to believe that Gutierrez finished any race this <laughs> yeah. season, quite frankly, for a multiple of reasons. So I'm going to eliminate that one. Is that A, B, or C? The one that's, Gutierrez. Uh, that's A. Cross yep. that out because Magnussen stacked it into a rouge at this point. Yeah. Okay. That's gone. He's helping me. Again. Yeah. I know. He's helping yeah. me. I know, Sorry. I know one of these is not possible as well. So. Oh, hold on. Uh, hold on. Uh, and well, then, and on. the yeah, options are. Well, B. Massa and Ricardo. Obviously, that's not possible. <laughs> Knows that. Yeah, it's true. He did that uh, ridiculous it, thing, that soap opera, where everyone applauded him for crashing his car into <laughs> the wall in Brazil. <laughs> and, all right, I have ice in my heart. I was the only person in the world standing there. Why are you clapping him? <laughs> oh, cruel. And the remaining option of the two drivers who finished every race, not Magnussen, not Grosjean, it was the other two who are... Perez and Ricardo. It was Perez and Ricardo. Am I so heartless about the Massa thing? No, I am As I've always said, Ted, you're very realistic. (laughs) I would have normally ripped the out of him for everything, but then I saw him going and hugging his children, and I was just like, oh, God. (laughs) Hang on, the cat is also crying. We've got to let the cat in. Yeah, I know, it really is. The Come in and be quiet. If that had been his last race... I would have felt a bit more tearful about it. But then he went and twatted around and didn't do anything in particular in Abu Dhabi either. Yeah. Well, yes, but twatting yeah. around not doing anything in particular is kind of what he's stock in trade. Yeah. <laughs> but what a lovely man. What a really fight. lovely man. Oh, yeah, lovely yeah. man. Yeah. Lovely yeah. man. Yeah. Well, sometimes that's more important. Not in Formula One. Richard, question two. How many drivers, Richard, missed races in 2016? Now, this means how many didn't actually start the race, right? Ooh. Rather than just woke up late after a heavy, <laughs> yeah. a heavy night. <laughs> so that's just Kimmy. With a... Um, 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 a, three drivers, B, five drivers, or C, six drivers didn't actually now, start the race. Now, doesn't also doesn't mean that suddenly lost their seat. No. It just... Mean that. just they had a seat. Couldn't start the race. Couldn't start the race, yeah. Um... I can help you here. Did anyone have any concussion or yep. were there accidents in practice? Who had to sit one out? Alonso. Yeah. Because Stoffel Van Dorn, the cartoon cat, stood in for him. But who else sat something? 
No, this is... They were all ready to go, but for the rest of them, the car conked out. Oh, I see. I thought you meant couldn't compete from the off. No, no, no. Sorry, no, lads. No, sorry, I've got a from that. my mum. No. Uh, they missed um, a race. They couldn't even start. They were a DNS. Oh. Did not start. So Alonso and Bahrain, you got one. I'm going to go three. It's five. Damn! Wow! Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Kvyat in Australia can't remember what happened there car just broke down Palmer in Bahrain come on lads oh, guys <laughs> guys come on guys honestly uh, the trouble is there were 87 races in this season and unless yeah. you're there they tend to blur <laughs> yeah, that's true Alonso in Bahrain which you got Vettel in Bahrain did he yep. yeah honestly and uh, Grosjean in Singapore and Brazil at the end of the second round the scores according to Adrian Lillipat are Zach, zero. Richard, zero. Gareth, one. Good job, I'm gonna bring the size of a planet, isn't it? I mean, those are really difficult numbers to calculate, aren't they? Puny humans. Final decider, come on, lads. Round three! Gareth, question two. How many podiums did Sergio Perez achieve in... 2016. A, one. B, two. C, three. How many times did you see that lovely, smiley Mexican face up <laughs> on the podium with the not champagne and the yep. filling his fire suit? Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and the options are one, two, and three? Yeah, one, two, and three. One, two, and three. I think I remember him being on the podium twice. Is the correct answer? Yeah! In Russia and Monaco. Next one. Alzheimer's. <laughs> Next one. Zog. Question two. Which race did Daniel Ricciardo win in 2016? Was it A. Malaysia, B. Spain, or C. Belgium? It was Malaysia. It was Malaysia. Oh. Very good. <laughs> so if Richard gets this question right. Oh, I'm still leading though, aren't I? Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, okay. And the final question. Richard. Question three. Final question. Which two drivers had the last collision of 2016? Was it Jolien Palmer and Jensen Button, Roman Grosjean and Max Verstappen, or Jolien Palmer and Carlos Sainz? I don't know, so I'm going to say C, because it involves Jolien Palmer. Is the correct answer? <laughs> oh. Oh. Palmer and Sainz oh. came together in Abu Dhabi. Palmer had sights off, but then later apologised, so it was Guys. all okay. Guys, come on. At the end of the final round, Zai scored one point. Richard scored one point. And Gareth scored two points. Gareth Jones is the winner of the 2016 Dave Stepping F1 Auto Quiz. I demand a recount. Yay! I won something! Unlike Lewis Hamilton. No, to be fair, he should have won this year, shouldn't he, Ted? Yeah. Whose fault was it that he didn't win? It Who? was something or someone, as he said, doesn't want me to win this year's World Championship. Well, it's the fault of a big end bearing, probably called Simon. <laughs> uh, which, um, and uh, it was the, uh, and got the very hot. Of God. Yeah, and the fault of, yes. Happens, you know, stuff yeah, breaks, probably. you get some bad breaks, and and Nico wins the championship. Yeah. Many thanks to Ted Kravitz for being our host in the Dave Stebbings Ultra Quiz, and a huge thanks to Dave Stebbings for the 2016 Ultra Quiz. The Dave Stebbings Ultra F1 Quiz.
I was talking to Frank Williams a few years ago. He said, I've signed a new driver with a funny last name. I said, what is he? He said, Robert Kubitzer. I said, what? He said, Robert Kubitzer. Robert Kubitzer? That is a funny name. Paul? He said, I don't know. He hasn't even driven the car in testing yet. Ha ha ha! Jones on speed. Just like <laughs> It was the night before Christmas, and all was in silence, apart from the house of a Dutch F-1 pilot. Something magical was about to happen in the home of Jos and his son, Max Verstappen. Max, got your bed. Oh, but Dad, you said I could stay up to watch news round. No, Max, it's Christmas Day tomorrow. Dad! Go to bed. <sighs> and so it transpired that Max went to bed Though actually, he watched YouTube on his phone instead. <laughs> this is totally great! A hilarious video of me overtaking everyone at the Brazilian Grand Prix! But just as he started to feel sleepy, he saw something. It couldn't be. Riding his sleigh right outside the window, the man known to Max as Papa Ho Ho. With a whoosh and a tingle and a modicum of surprise. Santa's sleigh landed on Verstappen's front drive. Wow! This is ongelooflijk! The father of Christmas himself! All right, young man, it's Christmas! Wait, you're not Father Christmas. You're not the holder out of the sleigh. That's right, son. Santa's on strike. It's like the 1970s again. Bloody great. So I've stepped in. But listen, I've got a problem. Everyone's leaving glasses of sherry out for me to drink and I can't drink them all and drive the sleigh. It's not actually the 1970s. Can you help me, son? What, drink 11 billion sherries in one night whilst the parents are sleeping? Well, I am a teenager, yeah. No, you soft lad, I mean, drive the sleigh. Yes, but of course. But why me? Because it's cold out there and you're acing slippery conditions. After a smoke and a pancake, the sleigh left the ground. A magical sight and an unusual sound. They took off like a rocket to the sound of rock and roll. This was quite normal, with not just a Santa and Max in control. Very good, Max, old son, you've got the hang of this! Yes, but I'd be an awful lot quicker if Sebastian Vettel wasn't ahead of us. There's nothing that Max hates more than having Vettel in front, as Verstappen himself says. And quicker than that. Concentrate, Max! Look, Vettel's doing a last-minute run to Toys R Us for some late present buying. Don't worry, hold a class. I'll take him around the outside. Oh, come on, Charlie. Tell him to f*** off. Honestly. But Vettel hates Verstappen and his incredible nerve, so he began driving just like him and decided to swerve. And so, with the motto, have four championships will travel, Sebastian punted Max off into the gravel. Oh, look what you've done, Max! We're off the circuit! We'll never get all the presents delivered before dawn now! Nah, this is no problem, Santa Nod! 
de gravel trap en spiet daar maar over. So I can simply drive the sleigh back on track. And so with a foot on the pedal and a squeal from the skids, the magical sleigh continued taking presents to kids. And with Christmas morning approaching the inevitable dawn, they dropped their very last present to Stoffel van Dorn. Oh, wait. Before I give this present, I want to check it's not better than mine. Now, Max, you're not allowed to unwrap presents. No, I just need to see who it's from. What do you mean? If it says, to Stoffel, with love, McLaren Honda, I know it will definitely be shit. <laughs> so Max and Nod braced themselves against the cold and slayed their way to meet Santa in his base at the pole. Ho, ho, ho! Everybody in, lads. Management have agreed to our demands. Oh, hello, you two. Oh, well done, Noddy. And well done to you, young man. Since I'm back on duty, tell me now, what would you like for Christmas? Oh, that's easy. All I want for Christmas is some speed, Santa. And by that, I mean a contract to drive for Mercedes F1. Ho, ho, ho! Oh, dear boy, I can do miracles. But contract law, that's going to take a little longer. Hello? Hello, Max. This is Toto Wolf. We want you to come and try for us. Oh, man, this is totally amazeballs. I can't believe it. This is the best Christmas ever. Max, Max, wake up. It's Christmas morning. You slept late. But I was with Naughty Holder and the real Santa and Toto Wolf offered me a Mercedes drive. I think that was a dream, son. Come downstairs and open your presents. And so young Verstappen, filled with gloom, trudged downstairs, like Dad said, to the living room. And there, by the presents and bottles of booze, was a top hat made of mirrors and a pair of red platform shoes. What? It was true after all! You know, son, your mother and I went to a 1970s fancy dress party in Utrecht last night. It was great fun and the perfect way to end 2010. 2010? Yes, don't you remember? Last year, your Christmas wish was to travel back to when Red Bull was the best. But... That's right, you have the best car. Well, you and your teammate... Hello, Max. It's me, honestly. Oh, no, not him. Yes, it's Sebastian Vettel. Ah! Hey, come on, he's not bad for number two. So our story now ends, but one thing you should know. Dreams can become nightmares. Just ask Alonso. That's it. We are approaching the end of the 2016 Gareth Jones on Speed festive special. And I should point out that Ted has brought a bottle of actual Formula One champagne round for us to celebrate the end of this season, the start of the next. Here it goes. I promise you this is real. Oh, oh, I was expecting it to squirt everywhere. There's a very good reason for that, because it's not champagne, is it? What is it, then? It's... Chandon... 
but not Moet in Chandon. No, it's sparkling wine. Sparkling, not They're not champagne. allowed to say, because it's from Argentina, they're not allowed to say, you know Bob Constant Duros? Yes. The announcer is not allowed to say, Champagne! Oh, really? He's banned yeah, yeah, yeah. under the so, uh, yeah. Trace Description Act. Yeah, now it has to shout, yeah. Sparkling Wine! No! That's ridiculous. Unbranded fizzy beverage. <laughs> <laughs> of alcoholic nature. And do they have to sh- do they have to say rose water when they're in Bahrain? This is the guy who has the fader with it. Just puts it up so that no one can hear. Actually, hear what he says. No, I think to be fair, he does now shout. You're not going to like this. Celebration! (laughs) Hang on, don't Quality Street sue him for that. Isn't that a rival chocolate (laughs) brand or something? Yeah. Ted, thank you very much for joining us for the end of the year. Appreciate that. I want to ask us, actually, as we end this F1 season and this series, not season, of Gareth Jones on Speed, Richard, thank you. What is it that we hope for next year? Zog, what do you want from next year? A less year than 2016. A lot of stuff has happened this year that yep. has frankly depressed me and confused me and hasn't been the way I would like things to have gone. And I'd like us all to get on better and move forward together and all have a better year. Are you talking about the Star Wars movies? Is that what you... Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a good teammate for Lewis. Smart one. Ted, how about you? Yes, no, it's a good point. There's some cool people could stop dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In motorsport, I guess, to reduce the power of the engineers who sit in front of laptops and say, right, if you drive like this to this prescribed lap time, then we will win the race. Ha, ha, ha. And then they do, and it's boring. And if we can reduce the power of the engineers, because engineers are ruining Formula One, then that would be cool. And generally, I don't know, I think the autonomous cars, if everyone could just decide that that was kind of a rubbish 2016 thing, and we're not going to do that anymore. And autonomous cars could just be abandoned quietly. You're the opposite of Trump, aren't you? You're the opposite of Brexit, I've just realised, because what you want is not take back control, it's give back control to the drivers. Did you see there was a very good article in Viz recently, autonomous cars, the future, when it said, uh, (laughs) in the future, automatic cars will sense when there is a temporary traffic light on a country road and will judge how many cars are in front of you. And when it turns to red, if the number is more than five and less than eight it will follow all of those cars past the red light just slip through before the software I haven't retold it very well but it, was a, <laughs> it was just a brilliant piece on how autonomous cars are going to end up with all the bad driving habits of humans what do I want from next year in motorsport actually I quite like another manufacturer at Le Mans now that we've lost Audi but I don't think we're going to get that this Mm. year are we it's a shame but what I want from F1 is for Mana to give up I used to love that team when it was Virgin and even when it was Marussia I quite liked it in that sort of Russian agitpop sort of way that they were they were doing their own thing and even when it was proper manner, I cared. But it's not proper manner anymore. I don't know what it is anymore. So what I suggest is that Lotus come back from the dead for the 23rd time and rebrand that team Lotus. Why not? They've been every other bloody team on the grid, haven't they? It'd be good. But if we can go back to a proper Lotus, you know, mm. where they're very fast but extremely fragile... Mm. And run by the aristocracy. That, oh, no, no, that wasn't that was a clown. <laughs> <laughs> good, Richard, how about your hopes for 2016? I'd like it if Toto had returned my bloody call. <laughs> Maybe you've asked him for a drive, have you? Maybe. And <laughs> what would I like? I just want it to be more interesting. I want some proper racing. And I want you, Ted Kravitz, to go around the pit since you have access, slamming those laptops shut during a race. <laughs> just go, oh, hi, how's it going? Boom! Yes. 
That'll Look at your data now. Away really yeah. quickly. You bore. Yeah. So uh, that'll be good. Just a bit more of a lively, more evenly matched season. I'm not sure we're going to get it, but hey. And then in road cars, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be quite a quiet year because I think that everybody's going to go bananas in 2018, 2019 with all their new electric cars. And there will be autonomy coming as well. And I'm afraid I disagree with you. I can't wait for autonomous cars. Well, because there's so many drivers on the road, <laughs> just take driving away from them. They're clearly not enjoying it. Leave we're it not to the enjoying having to drive around yeah, them, yeah. making a hash of it, sitting in the wrong lane wipers on the wrong speed leaving their indicator on long after they've done whatever they're doing or not indicating when they're doing some manoeuvre that requires it things like that just stop these people getting it wrong let the car do it I mean the technology will get to a point where I think the technology is actually already at a point the technology is crap but so are a lot of drivers so we're sort of <laughs> level pegging give it a couple of years the technology will be better and that's fine and quite honestly a lot of time I have to crawl around the North Circular Road in London which anyone who's ever driven on it knows that it's abject misery and mm-hmm. I have to do that to get from where I live to where I'm working a lot of the time at the moment, I'd happily, you know, sit back, read a newspaper, look at my emails, do whatever it takes to not be driving because it's not fun driving. As long as we can still have the fun driving that we love as people who like cars yeah. and motorsports. Leave it to enthusiasts. Let the yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's Jay Leno once made a very good point when I worked on Top Gear. We did a thing with James May and Jay Leno. And Jay Leno said that what saved the horse was the car. Because the horse was able to become, the horse is a sort of a human possession, mm-hmm. was able to become a hobby rather than a necessity. And that saved the horse's life from misery. The car will be saved by autonomous cars and whatever else is coming in the future. Mm. And you can still, as a friend of mine has just done, go and buy a Caterham 7 and bloody love it. The future is bright. The future is autonomous. You've been listening to the 12th season, sorry, series of <laughs> Gareth Jones on Speed. He was Zog. Goodbye. He was Ted Kravitz. Ta-da. He was Richard Porter. Goodbye. Oh, Zog. What? We haven't put up the unadorned aluminium pole and talked about the feature oh, strength. We, like <laughs> we have a chance, however. Yeah, feature strength. Straight after this, get the Excellent. pole out. Yeah, get the, the grievances. Grievances. Yeah. list of grievances. Happy, Gentlemen, happy Festivus, one and all. Yes, happy Hanukkah, happy Ted Kravitz, and happy Festivus podcast Festivus. future listeners. I was Gareth. See you for the first episode of the thirteenth season of Gareth Jones on Speed, which will appear just after Christmas, and I can guarantee that episode is an absolute doozy. It's already recorded. Actually the truth is it's not a Duesenberg at all, it's a Rolls Royce but for now, cheers y'all and of course Merry Christmas from Gareth Jones on Speed. See ya To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed just like <laughs> <laughs>